introduce myself, my name is O, O, H to the O, V, I used to move snowflakes by the O, C, I guess even back then you could call me, CEO of the R, O, C, O, fresh out the frying pan into the fire, I be the music man's number one supplier, flying in a piece of paper, bearing my name, got the hottest chick in the game, wearing my chain, that's right, O, O, not D, O, C, but similar to the letters, no one can do it better, you can blame Sean, but I ain't inventing the game, I just wrote the dice, trying to get some change. Play it day one with Game Pass. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. You miss it on the track, you could die. Who do you think the best driver is? Probably Rory. I would dust him in a lap. Jan, all you do is play video games with some crazy dreams of racing cars. Dad, you're the one that told us to always do something we love. You know what racing cars cost? Look around. It's not our world, son. What is this? It's a contest. The best Gran Turismo players in the world get a chance to compete in professional racing. Dude, this is real. This is real. I'm sorry. You really think you're going to take a kid who plays video games in their bedroom, you're going to strap him to a 200-mile-an-hour rocket. It'll tear him to pieces. You can hate me now. It's not going to work. The guys who race are elite athletes. But I won't stop now. Your kids are scrawny little gamer kids. Well, that's where you come in. Come on, let's go! Because I can't stop now. Must be a new experience for you, moving your legs. <laughs> You puked on my lawn. There's no turning back now. When you're in a race, the cockpit is going to be 140 degrees Fahrenheit. The G-forces will be twice what an astronaut experiences upon liftoff. I can't see anything! Hey, you get extra points for that in the game? Jesus Christ. I had to hustle hard, never give up. This whole thing is insane, but out of the couch-surfing nerds that you sent me, he is the best one. You made it. Yes! Welcome to Team Nissan. What's next? It's major leagues. The other drivers are going to hate you. Come on. Whoopsie. Dude, what is your problem? It's part of the game. It's called racing. If you miss a line in the game, you reset. You miss it on the track. You could die. I know this track. I've raced it a thousand times. That's what I'm talking about.
here at Barber Motorsports Park. The green flies and Grosjean leads this star-studded field of green. Great start from Romain Grosjean side by side behind him as Padua Ward tries to go on the outside of Alex Pillow and I think he's going to pull that off. He'll have a great run on Grosjean now into five. Oh, Pillow's looking good here with a run already. No push to pass, but he has the draft going to the break zone. And he's on those softer compound ties. He said they should work well. And Grosjean runs wide. It opens the door not only for Award but for Pelot. Look at this wheel to wheel on the opening lap. Grosjean's got the better line and keeps the lead. Oh, and Pelot snuck it inside Pato Award. So Pelot was patient but pounced when it mattered. Here is Grosjean. 29 laps in the books. Romain Grosjean has led every one of them so far. Those primary tires going on. Alex Pillow at the front end of pit road going to primaries as well. We'll see the race here. Look at that. A long stop for the 10. Erickson also in. And Grosjean with a good jump here on pit road. There's Grosjean. Here comes Alex Pillow. There's Pato Award. That's close. Super close between the Ganassi and the McLaren. Oh, this is going to be spicy down to turn five. Townsend side by side through four. Pillow in the marbles. Pato's got the advantage. Clear. Hot tires and Pillow had to run wide through the dirty section of the track. So nice move from Award. That puts a car between him and Scott Dixon. Here comes Christian Lungard. You got to be smart here. I know he wants to pounce, but there are cars battling for position in front. You don't want to make a move. Closing right up out of turn 13. Will he dive down the inside? Scott covers. Dixon defends. He knows that New Garden style move. And look at this. On the last turn, Lungard pounces and gets Scott Dixon. That's a savvy move. There is a stalled car, the 51 of Stingray Rob. The Bio Haven car has come to a stop. Alexander Rossi dives into pit lane. They're going to try to get here before that yellow comes. And Scott McLaughlin, the leader, in as well. If you're a three-stopper, you want a box right now. There's there the is. caution. Grosjean will lead this green field flag, of green, green but how long will he stay in the lead? Here we go. Pretty good, good jump from Grosjean. He only has to go about 17 more laps to make his last stop to get to the end. But McLaughlin will be pressing hard. And it's the two guys who gave us that ultimate theater on the streets of St. Petersburg to start the year. McLaughlin and Grosjean going for the win again. Here's Pato Award, brother. Alex Pelot defending from Christian Lungard. And Lungard does the over and under beautifully. Remember, no push to pass yet. And what a great move from Christian Lungard on those softer alternate tires to go around the 2021 series champion race leader is in now we put our eyes on Romain Grosjean and watch where these two guys come out one Honda driver one Chevrolet driver where they join here comes Romain Grosjean this is going to be good McLaughlin comes out ahead but on cold tires and Grosjean is going to be pushing 100% for the next couple corners turn five whatever you want turn five here we go setting up this is where the race was won a year ago with Pato Award and Renas VK from a long way back, but he's not close enough. Romain Grosjean's got to do a Joseph Newgarden-style move. Inside opportunity coming up. Can he get his car tight to the right? Tight to the right. No, McLaughlin blocks that. Watch him try to cross it up and make it happen right here. Oh, inside, inside. Romain Grosjean wheel to wheel with Scott McLaughlin for the lead. That, Fantastic stuff. That's the kind of move you want to see. Aggressive but calculated. Scott McLaughlin gave him just enough room to pull it off. The 28 to the point. That was awesome. 
Rojan goes way wide. Way when wide. Oh, and almost comes back in. That turn five spot is a real handful for Grosjean. There's going to be a new race leader. His name is Scott McLaughlin. With no push to pass left, there was absolutely nothing Roman Grosjean could do. Scott got on the button, easily cleared him into turn eight, and to the lead go the Thirsty Threes. Scott McLaughlin wins at Baba Motorsports Park and makes it four different winners. How much better was that to be on offense all day long in that three-stop strategy versus saving fuel? I call it a happy driver strategy. <laughs> uh, I was a lot happier doing that, but I'm so thankful. First weekend for Good Ranchers on the car. What an amazing thing for them to be with us this weekend. My team advanced me to, to victory lane there. We had great fuel. Uh, you know, went past uh, Grosjean there on a little bit of strategy, advanced past him, and um, yeah, I feel really good about it. Watch the GMR Grand Prix Saturday, May 13th at 3.30 p.m. on NBC. Race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Welcome to the Drafting the Circus program. Louise is still uh, getting his stuff together there. Uh, apologize <laughs> for that, but uh, hey, good to see everybody. I want to thank everyone that tuned in last week. Um, you'll notice we have a new trailer up there at the top of the show, and that is for the Gran Turismo movie that's going to be coming out soon. And that is that is a true story. That's based on uh, Jan Martinborough, British driver who started as a gamer. Pretty good at Gran Turismo, you know, spent a lot of time doing this, entered a contest, was was given a chance to uh, go to the Nissan Academy, and he and he won that competition there and was rewarded with uh, uh, a career as a real race car driver. So I don't want to ruin the rest of the story for you because uh, we'd like you to go see the film, but uh, we want to thank Sony Entertainment for uh, providing us with that um, trailer, and uh, it looks really good. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, joining me tonight, Luis Torres, if you're all set, and Levi, guys, how we doing? What's going on, Frank? It's doing okay. All right, you're getting there. <laughs> all right, so uh, he is the epitome of happiness. Let me tell you that. <laughs> all right, well, let's not uh, let's not pick on Luis. So we have uh, Richard Newton ah, off on assignment. Guy. Richard's off on assignment. Um, and it's too bad because his Toyota's had a great weekend. Uh, yes, that he's 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 not here to uh kind of bask in the glory of that but let's uh, let's start off with the um 
the IndyCar race. We showed you uh, highlights of that before we came on the air. Um, the race in Barber, again, one of the most beautiful racetracks in the world. Uh, we saw at, at the end of the day was Scott McLaughlin taking the win. Um, again, this, this guy just keeps getting better and better. I predict within two, two three years, he's going to be the team leader at Penske. I I feel like right now he's their best driver. And uh, when you say you look at who the other two drivers are, Newgarden and uh, Will Power, that's a pretty lofty statement for me to make. Absolutely. Yep. But um, yeah, he's, he's, he's right up, right up there with them. And again, he came in with a lot of experience. He's a seven time champion in um, Australian super V8 racing or, or, or what are they called? Just a V8 series. Yeah. Super V8. Super V8. Yeah. It's a stock yep. car series, but uh, yep. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's stuff that doesn't always translate well to IndyCar. But uh, again, you know, a lot of the skills of being a driver, the reactions and the, the training and the fitness and the coordination, and it's it's all the same. And if you can apply it to the car and get to know the car well, uh, especially when you're in an environment like uh, Team Penske, uh, where you've got plenty of resources uh, and uh, good teammates, you got, you know, a driver's coach by the name of Rick Mears. You may have heard of him. Um, you know, yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good situation to be in. So, and there he is. He, he takes the win. Um, what we saw during the race was some different pitch strategies, right? Yeah. Uh, several, several guys tried to go uh two-stop race and uh, stretch their fuel out to make one less stop. And other guys – doing a three-stop race uh, where they have fresher tires and can uh, go full bore on the fuel, but they're, you've got that extra stop. Um, unfortunately, a late race caution or very nicely timed caution uh, for the uh, two-stoppers um, really kind of bunched the field, kind of took away the advantage of the, of the two-stop, uh, which handed the advantage back to the three-stop guys. But one of those guys on the... Two-stop strategy was Roman Grosjean, who won the pole. I believe this is his third pole. Um, and he uh, led most of the race. Um, you know, other than pit stop cycles, he was uh, in pretty much control of the race. But uh, there at the last uh, 10, 20 laps, I mean, McLaughlin, you know, fresh retires and able to to push it without having to save the fuel. You know, Grosjean was more or less a sitting duck, and Grosjean finishes second yet again. Another podium, this is, you know, he's the modern-day Vitor Mira. Um, people keep saying his next win is right around the corner, which sure seems like it is. But, um, yeah, uh, you know, a, a great day for him. But, again, disappointment because this guy really wants to win one. Louise, you get a chance to tune in to Barber? <coughs> I believe I was working at a hockey game that day. But I did – no, I was working at an import show. Now, now I remember. So, basically – what I from what I gathered is that Groshan should be the championship leader for the sole reason had it not been for those two incidents at St. Peter, Texas. Yeah. He would be up there in the championship lead. And I think more than anything else that I got away from it is that I think Pato and Roman are going to be driving with a huge sense of urgency come month or May. And I feel like going into the Grand Prix, first and foremost, is Groshan will be more chippier to get that win real bad. Yep, yep. And again, Grosjean uh, ran really well as a Grand Prix last year. I want to say that was his first pole. Uh, won the pole out there last year. Um, but again, he seems to be uh, 
he's the best qualifier uh, of the Andretti's uh, this year. Although Kirkwood does have a win under his belt. Um, it looks like Grosjean is the best Andretti driver of those four. Uh, but, but all those guys are doing decent, you know, even Francesco, who's, uh, you know, he's a younger guy. He's, you know, he's the, he's the pay driver. He's the guy at the bottom of the thing there, but uh, even he's, he's driving with, uh, yeah, with a little more skill, um, he, he's uh, a little more confidence than we saw him last year. Uh, so even though he's kind of mid-pack to, to to closer to the back of the pack, he's still running well. So uh, overall, a, a nice improvement for the Andretti team overall from where they've been the last two, three years. So, um, And again, you know, Kirkwood's already got one win in the bank. Uh, Grosjean looks to be uh, set to win one every day, every weekend. But, uh, but again, McLaughlin, the guy's just uh, – He's just there. He's solid. Uh, he's there to, uh, um, you know, when, when you know, he's going to he's going to be uh, in the championship mix all season long, you know, yep. and uh, and third place. Will Power, great drives through the field, didn't qualify great, uh, but Will had a heck of a drive, was uh, closing in on Grosjean at the end there, just ran out of laps to to make the move, but uh, another great drive by willpower to get a podium. And, and, you know, if we recall last year, willpower was the season champion with only one win, but just a string of consecutive finishes in the top five all year long. So, uh, shaping up to be a good season in IndyCar. And, um, also last week we had the debut of the 100 days to Indy. Did you guys get to watch the program at all? On the I CW? did not. Nope, I did not. But okay, it's, so, on, so, it's on my DVR. So, so you didn't do your homework, Lee? No, I didn't do my homework. Nope, nope. But I mean, I will say this. Uh, so we're gonna. I want to jump back to to uh, Barbara real quick. So Scott McLaughlin and I. When I lived overseas, um, Australian Super V8 was huge on television overseas. Yes, it's it, very, it, yeah, it's it, very it, a lot of followers. And so I don't know how many of our viewers have seen a. Uh, a super V8 race, but it is very much like an IndyCar race. Um, they're NASCAR style cars. They're regular cars, you know, um, that are, that they sell, you know, just right. You know, they look like showroom cars. Um, but the format that they race over there is a lot like IndyCar and F1. You, um, you only get a certain, you know, they only pit, like once or twice the whole race, a um, lot of street racing, no, barely any oval racing at all. Everything is road course, street course stuff. Um, so it really, it, it sets it, those guys up really good to run in F1 and IndyCar because it's very much the same mentality. They have to change tires, go from a primary to a secondary. Um, a lot of the stuff other than the car body itself really does equate over to IndyCar. And I, I, it, it doesn't surprise me that Scott's doing so well in the IndyCar series uh, with his experience uh, with Super V8. Um, so, and then Will Power, like, I mean, you said he didn't qualify all that good. Uh, he did podium, and he did have the he, – he, he clocked the fastest lap uh, at Barber this weekend. I think it was like uh, lap 63 or something like that. He was the fastest guy on the racetrack at one point. So, I mean, Will Power had a good weekend. So, but um, – yeah, I thought it was a great race. The track is absolutely gorgeous. Like, told it you. Looks, yep. It looks like it, 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 if you could take the Masters golf course and put it in the middle of a racetrack, that's what you got when you at Alabama. I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. 
I couldn't believe how nice it was. I was like, I just want to move there, just go see a race there. So I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna do a bucket bucket trip. I'm gonna have to go to a race there sometime. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and they've uh, they've extended their contract to uh, uh, at least 2027 now. Uh, yep. Again, they, they've been racing there 12 years. Uh, they still get uh, good crowds. The, the drivers love it. The fans love it. They put on a good show. No reason to stop going to Alabama. You know, it, it fills a, a kind of a void in the market. We have a lot, a lot of races in the kind of the Midwest. So this gives us one into the deep South and it's been a very successful one. And, and uh, you know, very little to complain about Barber. So now, Louise, yeah. did, did you get a chance to watch 100 Days of Indy? Like I said, I've, it's been a busy week on on the other side. Okay, so you so you didn't do your homework either. <laughs> okay, so we have been busy. Right, too, too, too bad. Sorry, We're that's all right. It's all right. You can just get on the CW app and watch it anytime. So uh, it was. It did air up against the NFL draft, which maybe wasn't the best decision, but I, I think really is uh, they're, they're looking for the streaming audience, so the, the actual original airtime <clears throat> is not really important to most young people. They're, they're trying to reach a young audience. Most young people stream. You know, they don't yeah. pay attention to what... It's not like, you know, Lee, when you and I were kids, and, and you, <laughs> you didn't have streaming, and you you had certain nights that were must-watch TV. You know, if, if you... And if you yeah. missed... If you miss an episode of your favorite show, right? You missed the new Mork and Mindy or something like that. You'd have to wait for the summer reruns to find out what happened there, you know? So, but, um, yeah, all that's changing us. It's a new world. So, uh, uh, you know, some people were lambasting the decision to go up against the NFL draft, but it looks like they still got, I want to say 385,000, uh, live viewers, which isn't, I mean, now there were 6 million to watch the NFL draft, you know? Six million yeah. people watched Will Levis get passed over the whole first round, but um, I only say that because I live here in Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Yeah. That's, all, that's all anybody's been talking about. Will, yeah, Will I love, it's, it's the reaction at the end of the draft when he didn't get picked. It looked like somebody had just like I don't know, just like parked in his front yard, and I don't even know. He, he looked so upset, poor kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's headed to Tennessee Titans. They grab him in the yeah. second round, but we'll have to save all that for our football podcast. Yeah, so, that's next week. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, but anyway, so the 100 days to Indy program, I thought it was quite well done. Um, they did a lot of uh, just kind of the, the drivers that kind of focused on uh, this week um, were New Garden and um, Grosjean a little bit, and um, specifically McLaughlin. Uh, as they mm, cool. as they as they went through and chronicled the um, the weekend at uh, the testing weekend at Thermal and also the uh, the race weekend it's uh, in St. Pete and there's just a fun little bit where you've got McLaughlin's in-laws are there right and and they're having a little cookout there by the trailer and it's just I mean McLaughlin's in-laws look like they're just really fun people to hang out with right yeah. dads out there you know, working the grill. Mom's got her glass of Chardonnay. And they're interviewing her. She goes, she goes, I can't believe my son-in-law's a race car driver. <laughs> they just look like they're, they're such fun people, but, but it's really, it's, it's nice when um these type of programs really humanize the drivers. You get to see them yeah. as, as, as regular people out of the element of being interviewed by a, a race journalist or whatnot. So I thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, a bit of news surrounding that is that the Vice 
evidently is headed towards bankruptcy, although it has been stated that it should not or will not affect the remainder of the um, episode slated for 100 days to Indy. So it's not as if they're going to pull the plug on that. They're going to finish that up because, uh, you know, a lot of businesses uh, operate as usual during bankruptcy until, you know, such a time that they're yeah. ordered to do otherwise. So uh, I don't think we need to. But the sad thing is, if, you know, all that goes through, we might be looking for a different partner for next year. And I, I really like the the work that Vice has done with this one. So, but uh, if it's somebody else next Vice, year. Vice does amazing TV work. Like they're. They, they're they really very, do. Uh, they're, I mean, the network is geared towards the younger crowd. I get, I absolutely get it. But they're. <laughs> The programming is just, I mean, it's phenomenal. It takes a really in-depth look at a lot of subjects on a, you know, including the racing. It's just a great perspective. Um, kind of sad to hear that they're going through bankruptcy and hopefully they can get out of it or, you know. There's, yeah, uh, they were, they were in, looking for a buyer. Um, yeah. So one of these, uh, one of the, the major streamers was looking to buy them and then that all fell through. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's. You'd think it'd be a decent property to have, right? Yep. Um, but uh, maybe, you know, what the the amount of uh, debt you'd have to pick up with it uh, to add it to your, you know, your stable yeah. of, of programming, maybe, uh, uh, you know, a little a more than much. somebody wants. But yeah, I mean, it's, I don't uh, yeah. I don't work in that field a lot. I, I, you know, but I do understand dollars and cents and, <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and taking on debt by picking up a property. So. But uh, but anyway, we'll have to see how that works out. But in the meantime, um, Thursdays at nine, we can enjoy 100 days to Indy all the way up. To, I think the last episode airs uh, the first week of June, be after the 500. So which makes me sad because I wish they would cover the whole series. Um, and again, this is something that Richard likes to get on a soapbox about is that uh, the series itself is. Uh, take second place to the 500 in such a way that uh, you know, a lot of folks that after the 500 is over that they don't pay attention to the rest of the series and having the fact that this television program ends after the 500, it only kind of fuels that it doesn't keep the momen yeah. momentum alive. So, but um, yeah, so we're off to Indianapolis next. We've got a uh, week off. Uh, everybody's going to move in. To spend, <laughs> spend three weeks. Well, most of them live in Indy, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the shops are there in Indy, so a lot of guys get to go home at night and tuck their children into bed. You know, a lot of the mechanics and whatnot are close to home for the next several weeks. Um, the Grand Prix is on uh, the 13th, I believe, and then we'll get into qualifying the week after that, and then the 500 on the 28th. So um, yeah. now, Louise, you're, you're going to the 500, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. I'll, the I'll, I'll be well. there with you. I'll be there Hopefully. with you. We'll, 75 pounds lighter. Okay, well, <laughs> you get too skinny, I'll put you in a car. I'll put you to work. Yep. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, we don't need to make any picks for the Grand Prix because we can do that next week. So let's uh, move on and talk about NASCAR. So NASCAR was a type of weekend. Oh, here we go. It's a really good weekend if your last name is Truex. Yep. We had we had uh, brothers winning the uh, the races back to back. Ryan Truex uh, won the Xfinity race, and uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, won the Cup race. And for for Truex Jr., he's breaking his second longest winless streak uh, of a points paying race 
in his career. I mean, it's uh, his, you know, so disappointing last year for him to go winless and miss the playoffs. Uh, yep. So now, now he's guaranteed a playoff spot. I mean, he did win the uh, the Bush Clash this year, which is a non points race, but uh, but still, you know, uh, still a good feeling to win a race. You know, when you when you haven't won one in a while. So, but I believe it's uh, fifty four races in between. Was yep. paying wins for him, but now he's uh, got that got that monkey off his back. He can look forward to the playoffs. Um, I mean, good day overall for Toyota's. Had several of them up front there. Denny Hamlin was uh was up there as well. So, and, and too bad Richard isn't here to uh, talk about it, but um, yeah. So Louise, you get a chance to watch any of Dover? That one I did. Fortunately, it helped. That was on a Monday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, the biggest thing is that when it comes to Dover, I figured this would be a venue for Truex to show up and he was able to, he had to fend off William Byron, Ross Chastain and Ryan Blaney. Towards the end, it looked like at one point it's going to be a battle of the guys who have the longest winless streaks, but their last win were actually on a non-points paying race. Unless you're Danny Hamlin, who still thinks that Blaney should have not won the All-Star race a year ago, but that's a different story for another time. But it was a good moment for the Truex family. It proves that when it comes to Mondays, he knows how to rule Mondays. Just like one other driver that knows how to rule a particular street course that we'll dive into later. But that said... Ricky Stenhouse Jr., well, he was non-factor, and that was really disappointing. Harvick at least had an issue towards the end, and then Ty Gibbs, because of bad fuel economy, bad on the crew members' part, he was not in the mix towards the end. He looked like he was having his best cup race to date. Yeah, didn't Ty Gibbs finish horribly, like 28th or something like that? Yeah, finished outside yeah. the top 10. It should have been a top five day for him. That yeah, he had, a, he had a good run, but yeah, I want to say I was looking at the final stand. He was like... Way back there, I don't know if he had to make a late late stop or what, but uh, you know, he, he had wasn't, to, he, and he also went. had to save fuel before Logano blew a tire. Yep, yep. So, but let's talk about our second place finisher, Ross Chastain, whose name is in the news again. Good lord, for for all the wrong reasons again. He's not making any friends out there, right? I mean, they they, they coined the term. You got Chastained. And he's done nothing. <laughs> he's done nothing to change his evil ways, I guess. But uh, I mean, in one fell swoop, he took out um, both Brennan Poole and um, Kyle Larson. Uh, and, and Brennan Poole's comment was very straight to the point. He says he needs to get his butt whooped. So <laughs> Chastain yep. may may want to watch his back uh, when he's heading back to the trailer if Brennan Poole's anywhere around. But uh, but again, this I mean. Here's a guy with, uh, uh, he's a good driver. You know, he, he wins races. He, he stays up front, but he's just, he's reckless. I mean, he's, uh, you know, it's, it's the same kind of knock that uh, people give to Kumasato, right? But, but Chastain's even, even more reckless uh, because the stock car, you can bang it around a little more than you can an open wheel car. So um, yeah. now, uh, Louise, did you get a chance to see the incident? Yeah, for me, it's one of those ordeals. It's a 50-50 side one on one end. It's a Rick Ware car. But in the other, on the other end, it's that it's Brandon Poole, who has not driven a cup all that much since 2020 when he was with Premium Motorsports. Of course, Poole getting this opportunity, he was doing okay, a tip above average for a Rick Ware car. But what made it worse is more or less that Larson got collected. And at this point, Kyle Larson having more luck than Jeff Gordon in 2005. Or even 96. 
The good news is Larson will be fine in terms of the playoffs, which Gordon did not have that luxury because there was no winning year in at that point in 05, especially in 96. That's All right, so, so what, what I'm hearing you say is that uh, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So because Brandon Poole is in a Rick Ware car, right? It's perfect, perfectly no. okay. Perfectly okay to show no, it. That's not my. That's way. not. <laughs> that's not my point. That's, my point not. is that yes, it was a Rick Ware. Yes, it was a Rick Ware car, and, and it's was, just in the way. A lot, it, yeah, it was in in a way, in a sense. Ross should have just gone by him instead of just bulldozing him out of the way, and it also collected yeah, yeah. losses. You have a trio of former Ganassi Xfinity drivers in that one, because all three of them had connections with Chip. Back in the day, when they were driving the 42, or in Brandon Bull's case, the 48 Xfinity car. Mm. But mm. either or, at the end of the day, it's just people getting collected at other people's mess. In this case, it was Larson, which was bad timing again for Larson, but also not nece- unnecessary from Chastain's part, even if it is indeed a Rick Ware car. Right, right. So um... I emphasize more but, but... on. I feel this sympathy is, for Brendan Poole in that case because he's just not had the best of opportunities since 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, the common factor in a lot of these incidents is Ross Chastain. Matter of yeah. fact, I saw somebody somebody put a meme on the shit posting page the other day that just really made me laugh. And it has the Ayrton Senna quote that says, if there's a gap that exists and you no longer go for it, then you're no longer a racing driver. Then it says, if there's a gap that no longer exists and you go for it, you're Ross Chastain. Yeah. Which I just, it just made me laugh. I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. You know, at, at Ross's expense. But I, I mean, you know, there, there are other drivers that have had little things coined off. You know, there's people talking about getting Harvick, you know, um, but now getting Chastain is the, is the fun thing to say. So, but, uh, uh, but again, another rain out of Dover. Dover, never one of my favorite tracks. Although they do have like my favorite trophy, I love the uh, Miles the Rock Monster trophy. I think that's uh, insanely cool. Uh, but Dover's yeah. ne- never been one of my favorite tracks, and some of those races just, um, you know, turned into marathon events, especially when it was a five hundred miler uh, years ago. So, but um, yeah, not, not a bad, not a bad race overall. Again, good, good um, mojo for uh, Martin Truex, and you know, the question of his future has been up in the air for the last two seasons, right? He's, uh, he's talked about walking away from the sport. Um, but, uh, Gibbs is pretty adamant that, uh, that they, they're going to keep a seat for, for him as long as he wants it. And, um, uh, even Gibbs said, you know, the, the key to that is us to provide him with, a, with a winning car. So, uh, they all could be feeling good at coming out of that weekend. But, uh, um, you know, I hope to see Martin in the series for a couple more years. Um, certainly, you know, the guys from New Jersey, he's had a, had a great career. He, he started, started out strong, had a lull of a half a decade where he was just kind of there. And then suddenly boom, the guy's unbeatable. And he's been yeah. a constant, constant fixture in the playoffs, uh, for years until, you know, until last year, uh, when he missed it. So good to see him back up front. And then of course, little brother, Ryan, and occasionally this is the thing that cracks me up about Ryan Truex, right? Is people will occasionally refer to him as Ryan Truex Jr. I'm like, no, that's not, that's that's not the way it works, right? Right, right. <laughs> you know, a family can only have one junior, right? 
unless your dad has two first names. But it's Ryan Truex. But uh, I guess people are just used to having the word junior come out of their mouths after they say Truex. But Ryan Truex, Truex won yeah. the Xfinity race. Also, also win at Toyota. So good day, good weekend overall for the Truex family and Toyota. So any uh, any other highlights out of the uh, Xfinity there, Louise? I didn't get a chance to watch. Primarily, Ryan Truex finally getting it done. It's been a guy that has had good runs. The few opportunities he's had with Joe Gibbs Racing, and he's finally able to do it. So, it's all much I can say about that outcome, other than Cole Custer once again winning another dash for cash. Just a matter of how when he's going to get those quote-unquote one of seven wins that everybody was saying earlier this year. Okay, so the dash for cash is... For the it's it's a competition where four Xfinity regulars, because it's a dash for cash race, cup drivers cannot compete in them. Okay. And where right. after a certain round after each round, after each race, the highest finishing Xfinity regular will earn a bonus that will transition to the next race, and then the top four Xfinity regulars will go at it. And Cole Custer has been the fortunate of two of them this year, one at Talladega by default because everybody else wrecked and then this week at Dover he was the highest finishing Xfinity regular that was eligible for the dash for cash. Okay, okay. So he was the highest finishing X. I was uh trying to, to just kind of figure it's like my head a out. So, five. Yeah, so so true X not eligible because he's part timer. He yeah, yeah. So all right. So other NASCAR news. Big big news coming out of the uh, what is it called? Legacy Motor Club. Yep, yep. Legacy Motor Club. Um, switching from Chevrolet to Toyota, uh, which caused a lot of ripples amongst the NASCAR faithful. Um, those are ripples. Oh well, it's a very polarizing effect, and even Lee, uh, that wasn't ripples. <laughs> <laughs> tsunami. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little bit. I, I would, I would, I would say that was probably more the case. It's kind of funny because nobody really made a big deal when Jimmy was driving a Honda in IndyCar, right? All right. Where, like, rather than a Chevrolet, but he moves the uh, this team to Toyota, and and it's it's as if um, all the post World War II anti Japan sentiment has sunk back in. I'm like, okay. I mean, number one. Toyota manufactures as many cars in the United States as GM and Ford. Right. Uh, Isn't Toyota, there a big Toyota plant like in right near Princeton, me, Indiana, like Princeton, Indiana? Yeah, there's there's, there's there's a big one in Georgetown, Kentucky, thirty yep. miles north of me. Right. Yep. And they employ a lot of people, and by I know a lot of folks that work there, and they are a wonderful company to work with. Right. Yep. And uh, so they employ a ton of Americans. Toyota Racing Development is based in the United States. That's where the NASCAR edges and stuff come out of. So I, you know, the, the thing is every automaker now, every larger automaker is really a global company. Yeah. Regardless of the country of origin, they're all global companies and they're all global conglomerates. Right. So I mean, yeah, sure. You can sell oh, that's an American car. You know, but, uh, I, you know, your American car is just as likely to be assembled outside of the States as your Honda or Toyota is likely to be assembled in the States yep. or even, even so, your, your, even your BMW, you might get, might've been assembled in South Carolina, yep. you know, cause they've got a big plant yep. down there. So, uh, 
It's so Harley, just, I mean, so Harley Davidson up until a couple years ago, a lot of Harley Davidson motorcycles were built overseas. Oh yeah, like a major, like a majority of them. And then a couple of years ago, I think this was around pandemic time. You know, uh, Harley brought all their manufacturing back in the U.S. But there was a time, I mean, you could not uh, unless it. I think there was like one or two of the the brands in Harley that were only made in the states. Everything else was the Philippines and, you know, uh, overseas. Yeah. Um, Mexico. So, yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, but anyway, so people want to crucify Jimmy. They wanted uh, Hendricks to pull him out of the Lamaze effort, which, I mean, come on. You know what I mean? And then, then, and, and Richard Petty, oh, my God. How could Richard Petty allow this to happen? You know what I mean? Although, if you think about it, now that uh, he's aligned with Toyota, that means that uh, Richard Petty Motorsports or, you know, the little tiny bit he still owns, um, Richard Petty Motorsport will have worked with uh, every ma- major manufacturer that's been in NASCAR <laughs> ever, right? You know, because they've, yeah. they've run the Chevys, they've run the Fords, they ran the Oldsmobile Dodge. Now, now yeah. Toyota, they're just trying to complete the deck of trading cards, I guess, right? So, but uh, but I think it's a good move. Um, Toyota needs some more cars in their stable. Uh, yep. You know, the more the more the merrier, the more development data they get, um, the more places they have to because um, Toyota has a lot of development drivers and not so many seats to get them into. So uh, it gives them more opportunities for their development drivers. I think it's a good move overall. Um, yep. It just, I, just the anti-Japan sentiment. I, I don't get it this day and age, but uh, then again, I'm not a xenophobe. I'm not a xenophobe yep, either, you know. So uh, even though I'm an old, an old guy, really, right? I don't cling on to that. Uh, oh, you know, the boomer stereotype. So anyway, but um, yeah, I think it'll help their fortunes uh, because Toyota is. And they'll be, you know, they'll be the number three team at Toyota rather than getting what's left over from Chevy, right? You know, because Chevy, Chevy's top teams are getting the prime stuff. And, you yeah. know, I guess legacies, you know, they're, they're probably treated like a stepchild there. I think it'll help legacy. I think it'll give them a little, little shot in the shorts, so to say, to like, like you're saying, they're not going to be the quote unquote redheaded stepchilds for Chevrolet anymore. You know, Toyota's going to, you know, Toyota being the kind of the, I don't want to say rookie, they're not really the rookies anymore, but the, the new kids on the block uh, in NASCAR, uh, I think, you know, I think it might be just what what legacy and uh, Toyota really needs, you know. So I'm happy for him. Uh, you know, all the sentiments about Jimmy Johnson. I mean, nobody got, I don't think anybody got this bent out of shape when Junior left. DEI to go race for Hendricks. I mean, there was an uproar about that, but I don't think nowhere near from what I can see of this move. I mean, this is just like you said, this was like a tsunami that hit NASCAR. So, yeah, like uh, like the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, um, (laughs) well, well, I mean, on the bright side, you know, you know why Earnhardt had to take the number 88. Yeah. Because all his fans had already, already tattooed an eight on them somewhere. So yeah. they, they could just add another eight instead of eight, having to change their good. own tattoo. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
<laughs> that was literally one of the reasons why he took the 88, you know? So, uh, yeah, but, uh, I mean, I, I love, I love auto racing. I've got uh, drivers I'm big fans of, but, uh, I'm not going to tattoo their number on my body. I'm sorry, but, uh, Hey, nope. you know, to each their own, you know? So yep. Louise, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Toyota, Toyota legacy move? I mean, let's face it, Toyota will need, needs another race team considering the circumstances that's happened over the past few years. There is mostly just a Joe Gibbs alliance more than anything else. After what, after what happened with Bergeron, they needed that board. Of course, 2311 has helped, but in many people's eyes, they still see it as a secondary Gibbs team. This one is a whole different breed of a cup team moving to Toyota rather than be a Gibbs Alliance, Gibbs Affiliate, or whatever, however you want to however you want to view it. So it's a huge step in the right direction for Toyota and also for Legacy Motor Club because they have not had the best season at all after what Eric Jones was able to do last year really good. This season they have not had that at all. So maybe a, a breath of fresh air, especially for two guys that used to be with Toyota and Jones and Gregson. He'll be back into the fold. For Gregson's case, he'll be the first time he'll be back in Toyota since 2017 when he was in the truck series because he's been a Chevy guy for the bulk of his career, whereas Jones got forced, basically forced out of Gibbs. Right. Yeah. And, and Jones Jones is a good driver. You know what I mean? I, I, oh, yeah. Know, yeah, I, I like I like Eric Jones quite a bit. Uh, you know, and, and hey, he finished. I mean, he did. He was top 20 this weekend. He finished 16th. Yeah, yeah, he had some yeah. he had some really good runs, you know, last year in that in that car, which is you know that's you know other than Rick Ware, I mean they're, they're not that much farther up the food chain than a Rick Ware car. But uh, put Jones in, and he's done some, uh, you know, he's really, he's really punching above his weight, like I like to say. So, but yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. So in the meantime, they keep adding names to the NASCAR seventy five greatest drivers ever. I'm not sure when they're going to finish that list, but uh, I did see that uh, next week. Uh, yeah, Keselowski was added on there. Uh, was the last one I, I I saw mentioned. Which I mean, you know, serious champion. Yeah, absolutely, he belongs on there. I think that um, I think yep. somebody had figured that if you take the fifty right and add all the serious champions that we've had in the interim when they first did the fifty, uh, which was back in '98, add those serious champions. That I think it takes you up to sixty-three. Uh, by just adding the champions in, so that leaves wild card spots for guys like Casey Kane. So, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 against Casey. I, I still, I, 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 still I don't have like... anything against Casey, but he was the first guy they announced to the NASCAR yeah, that's five. True. Best. Yeah, I'm that's like true. Casey Kane. Uh, yeah, you know? let's see. I still feel like with. Marlon Kane and LaJoy being added that pretty much is no that pretty much screwed over Sam R, Larry Phillips, and Doug Colby. I feel like adding Marlon and also and, Le, and Kane to some extent, especially LaJoy and Maya, that pretty much could that pretty much end any hopes for Doug Colby to go in. Like when I talked about this multiple times, so yeah, the fact that we've had now Truex, Bobby Labonte, Kislowski, now we're seeing guys that actually in my eye no brainer belong in there. You also had Ron Hornady added recently, Greg Biffle, Carl Edwards, all guys worthy. Just the first cup, but it's just only a few that I scratched my head, especially with LaJoya Marlin. Yeah, what do you got against Sterling Marlin? It's just, mo here's the thing, it's just mostly the fact that he had basically three good years. 
Yeah, his, his, and 02. Yeah, his period of success. 98, he was successful. 99 was mid. 2000 was kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, his, his uh, time at the top was races. brief, yeah. Yep. Well, what year was it that he lost Daytona by trying to pull out his fender? Was that 90? That was 95, wasn't 02. it? 02. 95, yeah, I remember that. 02 was when, he, he, uh, when Gordon Marlin got into it and eliminated Gordon from the 500, and Marlin inadvertently eliminated himself for fixing that fender. Wasn't 02 the year that the track started? That was the year the track deteriorated and they red flagged it? I 2010. Think, uh, yeah, yeah, that was 10. That was right. Yeah. McMurray won that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's just I remember. Weird. It's just weird. I, I remember watching that Daytona 500 in a hotel room in Nashville. And uh, and I was staying in, in Nashville for a couple of weeks in 95. So I guess I was back up there again in 01. That's where our corporate headquarters were. So I must have been up there for a week for something else. You know, one. So, but yeah, <clears throat> I don't think Sterling's a bad choice. Uh, I think Casey Kane probably doesn't belong. Yeah, I, mean, I would agree with that. I, I would, I would put Jimmy Spencer on there just because I like Jimmy Spencer, right? You know what I mean? It was a popularity <laughs> contest, right? He didn't yeah, win a lot. Yeah. He, won, he won a lot of modified races, right? But just as a as a character, right? Yeah, he was fun. As, in, as, he was as, fun as in a, interviews as a as a character. You know what I mean? Who's and sometimes somebody's as a character can can help build the sport, you know what I mean? Or grow the sport or drive draw eyes to the sport, you know. Does does I know it's called NASCAR's greatest drivers, right? So, but uh yeah, there are other ways to contribute to the sport without winning a crap ton of races. So but um yeah, yeah, so we'll have to see. I mean, like I say, the the ones we're gonna be seeing now are gonna be the no brainers. Um you know, I'm sure we'll see uh, Logano. Um, yeah, I'm sure Johnson will pop up sooner than later. You th- Jimmy Johnson, you think? Was he any yeah, good NASCAR? He... Oh, I don't, I don't know. He's got a Toyota still, now. Like, he's got to be. Terrible. Yeah, I was gonna say he's just signed with Toyota. He, 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 I don't he, know. It still feels like that, that was Ryan Newman. I don't know. I feel like that was still Ryan Newman's race. Like, that's the only why Johnson won that first race. <laughs> Newman, Mc, Mike McLaughlin should have been the winner, but I don't know about that guy in the '92 expert in car. Yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll do okay. He'll win seven championships, three, three in the eyes of some people on merit, but that's a different story for another well, time. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, Carl Edwards on there yet? Yeah, Carl Edwards. I did mention. They I didn't don't mention think him. We mentioned yeah. Ryan Newman was. It's another one that got in. Yeah, Richard was in that, with that one. Richard wasn't. Yeah, I can understand. Well, Richard yeah, used to work with Roy, Richard used to work with Ryan Newman, so I think there's something there more than meets the eye. But yeah. uh, Richard, I don't have a problem Richard's, with Ryan Newman. I thought he was a halfway decent driver. I, I like Ryan Newman. Yeah, I think he's a pretty pretty I, cool dude. And, yeah, he's got and, the and I like in qualifying. What's this kingdom? Yeah, yes, yeah, he yes. qualified like the Dickens. Um, but I liked Ryan because I mean, being an engineer, I you know, and Ryan being an engineer. I always got like he would go out he would go off and talk about engineering stuff and I was like oh this is great I love this and yeah, maybe people got turned off by that because he was kind of technical on his on stuff but I I did I thought he was a good race car driver uh I thought he was fun to watch you know yeah. I mean the only my only criticism of this these 25 they're adding is that they really it didn't go deep deep into the past because there, there were guys that probably could have been on that 50 greatest 
that, that they had to kind of pare down. They had to pare down to 50. Uh, but the fact that, you know, like any list, any list you ever make trying to rank things of all time suffers from what they call recency syndrome. Yep. You know, so yeah, there's not, the there's not a lot it. of, not a lot of folks left um, voting for these things that were watching in the, in the early fifties, you know, but there, I'm sure there's a couple guys that, uh, that are easily better than some of the, the guys that are getting put on the list. But the thing is, yeah, that's why I vouch for Sam Mart and Larry Phillips. If we even yeah, want mm-hmm. to Jim Pascal. And, that, and also not just recency syndrome, but also open-minded, open-minded, closed-minded, because it's just, you have, like, like I mentioned, Doug Colby, outside of Mike Stefanik and Ted Christopher, Christopher is not in the, that less eater as well. We want to talk about a guy that is one very successful modified. You look no further than Doug Colby, even John Bossignor as well, who's up there in race wins with Doug Colby. That's where my discrepancy is for like Randy LaJoy and Sterling Marlin to get in. Casey Kane, I can understand because I did consider him much higher than Sterling because of the fact that he was pretty stout in Bush. And when it comes to the truck series, he finished no worse than second in his entire career. There was only one time, and that was when Elliot Seller won a Pocono. Hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's, uh, we're headed to Kansas City, I believe. Yep. Well, we can make some picks for Kansas City. So, Lee, who do you like for Kansas City? Um, God, I hmm, I'm gonna go with Tyler Reddick in Kansas City this weekend. He had a pretty good showing at Dover. Um, I, I I thought he did good in. I, I don't know. I just Tyler Reddick. I think he's gonna be. He's gonna have a good weekend this weekend. All right, sounds good, Louise. Who do you like? It's a good choice considering the 45 car swept Kansas last year with Kurt Busch and Bubba Wallace. So mm-hmm. make it three for yep. three with three different drivers. That was going to be yep. my initial pick. So I'm going to go with a backup. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. Okay. And That's I'm going to say, too. yeah, well, as long as he doesn't get chastained. <laughs> so, Holy Jesus. I tell you, I tell you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that now he's, that he's got that monkey off his back. Truex goes back to back. Wins two in a row. So, yep. Kansas City is attractive, suits uh, Martin Stock quite well. So, uh, we'll be watching that Sunday, and then uh, we'll see how we did uh, with the picks. So, um, the the Ross Chastain thing, I mean, last year, Ross Chastain was a hero for that move he did to get into the playoffs, bumping Denny out. Like, he was like, right. Like, he was was reckless as hell. (laughs) I don't care. I mean, like you would, if you took Ross Chastain and you put him in that number three car for RCR, like he is a he is a Dale Senior. Like he just doesn't take any. He, oh, you're in my way. I'm putting you out of my way. You know, right. and just people rattle, love that. Rattle stuff. your cage a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Just and now, like now, everybody's like, oh my gosh. I mean, but you look at drivers like Dale Senior. I mean, Dale Senior. I mean, he didn't get the nickname the Interminator for nothing. You know the intimidator for nothing. He, if you were in his way, he put you out of the way. Yeah, like, ask, ask Terry Labonte. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Or, 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 oh guys, he has some epic, epic battles. Yeah, epic yeah, battles Jeff with uh, Rusty. Um, Daryl Waltrip. Yeah. 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 No, he, no, I no, think no. he put. I think he put bumper to every driver that he ever encountered at some point in the in his lifetime. Yep. And now Ross yep. Chastain is doing the same thing. You know, pool. I mean, 
uh, wasn't Poole like a lap down when he when he bumped him yeah. out of the way? Like, okay, so I'm not saying it's Poole's fault, but if you are getting if you're a lap driver and you've got somebody coming up on your tail on the lead lap, yeah, I, I know it's Dover, it's not that big, but you got to move. Like, don't stay out there. Get out of the guy's way. And, I think you know, what might have happened, if memory serves correctly, wasn't he battling Austin Dillon for position? He was. Dillon, yeah, they Dillon. were. Yeah, and I and I get, and I get that. But you can go back to battling a lapped car, like let the let the guys on the lead lap go, go back to battling for your position. But I mean, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sticking up for Ross. I, you know, Ross is Ross. No, but, but you're bringing think, up a very valid point that I didn't bring up, which is good. You know, he because just, now, he, now that I, I'm thinking about it. Uh, you know, lap cars, get out of the way. Let the ba- let the guys on the lead lap go, and then go back to your little fight that you're having. That's uh, so your yeah, little fight for twenty second place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I, let's you know. uh, let's move on and talk about <laughs> talk about Formula One. So we're four races in. Red Bull has won all the races, uh, yeah. but it's two and two, two for Max and two for Checo. So now Checo has matched Max in wins. He's only a few points behind Max in the championship now. Um, whereas where Max's two non-wins were both second places, uh, Checos are have a second and a fifth. So he's a couple of points behind, but very, very tight battle at the top there. I know we're only four races in, but um, yeah, Checo really, really had the better on Max at Azerbaijan. And um, I, and, you know, Richard alluded to it early in the season that Red Bull has built a car. They, they said their car last year was, very agreeable to Max, but not so much for Checo. But now they've got a car that's that's very agreeable and set up for both their drivers. And you can see that now they've both won an equal amount of races. So, um, I mean, if Red Bull allows it to happen, this could be the first time we're, we've had teammates battling yeah. for the championship since uh, Rosberg and um, Hamilton back, back a few years back. So, um, but now, Louise, I know, uh, I know you're a fan of uh, Perez, uh, so I'll let you kind of take us through. Um, and I know Perez is a fan of racing in Azerbaijan as well. When I raced yeah, last year, didn't um, he? he won in 21 after Max okay. crashed late in the race, a and Hamilton ago, yeah. overshot the corner too on the restart. Right, right. But this one, it all started with the sprint race where Perez won and got those key points, those eight valuable points that will probably be crucial at the end of the season, but we'll see. But like I alluded to earlier with Drex being the king on Mondays, Baku is all, it's been like Paris's best track, pound for pound. Now yeah. he's got a, one at a venue more than once in Baku. It's like we talked about he won in 2021 when it was in June. This race was in the bitter end of April, which is odd to say, but then again, Silverstone, we used to be in late spring before it went back to the summer. But he had a good, he had a good showing. There was a one point where the safety car came out for Nick DeVries, just scraped the wall where it broke the, the suspension. Mm. And he was in a vulnerable spot where people Verstappen came in before the safety car, and after the safety car, Paris came in. There was some concern that whether or not he was going to be Verstappen or he was going to be mired back, but that was definitely not the case. Then it looked like Verstappen was catching him, but then again, some reliability problems on Max's part kind of prevented him from being a threat for the win. And then it was once again another Checo win 
which is which is always which is always a good thing. But obviously, it's overshadowed what happened towards the last couple last where you had two drivers and what was it, Nico Hulkenberg and Esteban Ocon stayed out the entire race until you have to until they needed to make their one mandatory pit stop entire chase because if the rules are correct. You must pit at least once and run in two different tire compounds. Period. Yep. If you if you don't, you're disqualified. Unbeknownst to who who ran, who facilitized, who the photographers and the security and all that, and the track marshals for Park Ferme, they were I guess they were not fully aware that Ocon had yet to pit. He had to pit now. If he did not pit it. He would have been disqualified from his from the race, but also the pit lane entry is in a is very blind spotter where Oka was not aware there were people there until just in time he slowed down enough and people got out of the way. But it was because very we avoided tragedy to say the least, and that yeah. overshadowed Paris's win for obvious reasons. And they got to do something about it. I said it. I said off air that they should probably watch FIA consider doing a lap rule where you must pit within before two to go or the final lap completely. But if yeah, there were a couple pitted, guys pitting on the final lap, which I'm like, why? Why bother? They're, 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 they're trying to stay within the guideline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think they were all banking change. at a safety car. Yeah, they were banking on a safety car because obviously Baku is safety car prone, where you have incidents, even though you just had that one with the breeze. So they were banking on it, but then it just did not work out. But kudos to Hulkenberg and Ocon trying to manage one, the hard compound for essentially the entire race. They just had to pit because that's just part of the rules and a valid rule. So that way there's some sort of action. And because otherwise, if you don't pit, Everybody, it'll be like 2005 all over again, where you cannot change your tires unless it's flat spotted. Yeah, that's yeah, the last four, thing. Yeah, Formula one, one, one has gone back, back and forth with, uh, with tire rules and stuff. I remember when I first started watching Formula One, there, there were no pit stops, you know, unless you had damage to the car or a flat tire or something. But uh, you know, anyway, so we, I want to make sure we save enough time for uh, to talk about the um, Charlotte Four Wides, but we are headed towards Miami, which is another street course and. Uh, again, we just talked about how Checo performed really well on the street course of Baku. Um, and here he is coming off of, of momentum. I, I mean, he could leave this weekend as the points leader if he were to uh, best yeah. Max again. So, which, uh, and, and again, it won't make Max happy, but, uh, you know, um, oh, well, it, it, it's probably yeah. good for Max to yeah, have, have some real competition from his teammates. So yep. it's, I think it's definitely, definitely good for the fans. I mean, if, if Red Bull is going to win every race this season, right, at least let's not have it be the same guy. And so far uh, it's been nice having them split the whiz, but uh, I, I really like, I really like Checo for Miami, which I probably stole your pick Louise, but <laughs> I feel like this will be Max's week though, but you have a valid point, but I feel like this will be Max's week. And I'd probably keep an eye on the Ferrari as well, as far as hopefully they don't have an. Yeah, awful they finally they finally podiumed this past weekend. Yep, yeah. 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 build momentum. On Leclerc it. made and, 
Yep. Yeah. And we'll see how, again, the Aston Martin drivers will do because as we get further season, I'm more curious if it's genuine performance that they're doing really well or it's just everybody else were waiting to save their best performance for last or later. Right. Because now right. the late. Because now with the whole thing with the whole rumors with Alonso, which I think is all but debunked, because now there's another musician that is rumored to be with Taylor Swift. Okay, yeah, we don't need to. We don't so need we to. Move on. Yeah, we don't we need to devote any more airtime to talking about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yeah. So, uh, but also did well. Also did fine. It's just a matter of how things will go from there. Now that he didn't finish with the pony for the first time this season, that's the biggest thing going forward. Is this Aston Martin again? How will they do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because Alonso, what uh, three podiums in a row for the first three races? Third, third place, yeah. third place, third place. And I want to say he finished what fifth or sixth. Yeah, I finished fourth. Uh, I think fourth. Yeah. So yeah, let me see. Uh, uh, yeah, Alonso was fourth. All right, so who do you like for uh, who do you like for Miami? I've already mentioned Max. Oh, I now I was talking to Lee. Yeah, you got. Oh, I, I, I'm Max. I'm stepping out of the I'm stepping out of the Magnuson train this week, and I'm gonna I'm actually gonna pick Alonzo. I I think he's gonna bounce back, and he's gonna be on the. I'm gonna I'm gonna root for him. He's doing pretty good, like you said. So it's been a minute since he's won a race. That'd be fun to see, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would love to see him win it. All right. So anyway, and hey, uh, spe- okay. So speaking of real quick before we get into to the straight guys, the straight racers, like I, so the F one series, like I, second place was twenty something seconds, or third place was twenty seconds behind Max, and the top ten driver was like ninety seconds off the pace. Like I'm just, I was blown away by that. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcome was, to welcome to Formula One. Yeah, I was dying. Uh, I was yeah. like, are you kidding me? I was like 20 seconds to third and then 80, like 86 seconds to 10th. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I get to hear from Cal- here to California in that time. It was crazy. All right. Unfortunately, so, uh, all right, Sammy unfortunately it's not the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, right. tuning in now to the 90s. Yeah, golly, that's crazy. All right, Lee, you got about six minutes left. Uh, uh, let's talk about the Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Double Wides. I love. I do. I love. We, we, did, we did did get rained out, right? No, we did not get rained out. That yep. was a good thing. Uh, Richard, I talked to Richard. He wanted to go. He had every plan to make it. He didn't go. He didn't make it. So he thought, uh, he thought it was going to rain. I know. He thought it was going to rain, and it didn't. You know, it's umbrellas. I mean, I get, I don't know. Uh, he's well, from I, England. The, the, I know that rain but, shouldn't bother him. No, I mean, it doesn't bother Luis. He's from Seattle, so... Yeah, uh, rain does bother me a lot. Oh, just... <laughs> I'm happy it's sunny over here for once. Yeah, well, the yeah. problem with Seattle <laughs> isn't the rain. The problem with Seattle so much isn't the rain as it's the vampires, you yeah. know? But uh, yeah. we'll we'll save that yeah, for I, our... It's the hard... stars right now, but we beat them in round yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So All this right, week, so... it was a good weekend, so uh, Top Fuel... Uh, <laughs> Austin Proc won, which is good for Austin. Austin's a good driver. Uh, he had a good race. He kind of dominated the whole four wides uh, from start to finish, which was nice. Uh, funny car. No surprise here. We saw John Force racer and uh, Robert Height. He he pulled out the win, uh, which is, I mean, it, it's, you know, you can't really go in funny car without having a John Force car in there at least 
two or three times in the season. So it's nice to see Robert Height get in there. Uh, pro stock, uh, Jared Kramer was in there. Um, good race. Camry, uh, our guest, she red lighted in the first round, didn't even get out of the first round. Uh, kind of a bummer, but she, uh, she's looking good. So, and then with this weekend, at, uh, the four wides, we had the fourth class in there, which was pro stock motorcycles. Um, they only run a couple, uh, they don't run every big racetrack. Uh, but, uh, Gage Herrera, he won again, so he's a two-time winner, and he did it that uh, on that Hayabusa. So that new Hayabusa that we talked about at the beginning of the season seems like it's a, doing a pretty good ride this year. Um, and then I think next week we're off, and then we're back to it uh week after that. So where we're at? Uh, I think we are going – I'm looking – I can't remember right now. Okay. You're killing me. It's just, well, I'll ask you next week. Hey, yep. we, oh. how's the week off where we're going next week? I'll ask you that. Yeah. You have a, you have a whole week to research the research the answer and watch 100 Days to Indy. <laughs> You'll be two episodes behind by then if you don't do your homework. Yeah, <laughs> no, we're going we're going to we're going to Illinois uh and that's in uh May 19th to the 21st. We're going to the it's going to be the Route 66 Nationals uh out there in uh Elwood, Illinois. All right. So at HRA off next weekend, IndyCar off next weekend, we will have Formula One in Miami, um, the city made famous by Will Smith. Um, yeah. Ooh, my. Mm. We can we get, discuss about get that co- in our time. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I so think how did I mean, this is a Jimmy Johnson made it big. The, the city made famous by these 72 Dolphins. I, I don't know. But yeah. uh, wonderful, yeah, a wonderful, a wonderful. Um, venue um, for Formula One. It's uh, Miami's definitely uh, a party town. It's uh, yeah. the, the, the racetrack is beautifully manicured, if not silly as can be, with the little fake harbor. Um, <laughs> you know, it looks like I don't know. It looks like this set of a Broadway play or something with the little fake boats and stuff. But I mean, you know, whatever. It's all for fun. Uh, you know, uh, we as Americans like to make everything. Big and flashy. Um, I'm sure that uh, Miami is going to be big and flashy, but uh, but uh, wait till we get to Vegas. That is going to oh be gosh. that is going to be a spectacle. I cannot wait to see Vegas. So <laughs> it's just. I All think right. it's just going to be. It's going to be obnoxiously over the top. Like, I, yes, yes, <laughs> and, it's a, and it's a night race. Yep. Um, so it's going to oh be. You're going to have all that neon. Yeah. And, uh, God. Golly. Probably have showgirls. Oh um, yeah, you know the showgirls yeah, are going to are going to be there. Showgirls on the grid, I don't yeah, know, uh, right? On the podium, Penn and Taylor, Penn and Taylor doing magic tricks. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Bernie Eccleston was coming back. This sounds like a if this one's operating. <laughs> that we need that passion, that Bernie pageantry back to be Vegas. But I mean Miami too. But yeah, yeah. Well, Brazil. So, I mean, this is a legit question. Like, how do they get? I, I mean, I know they probably put them on a plane, but do, does like each team charter? Like a Coletta airplane, and they, bring with- the the bulk of the cars are shipped together on on a couple of cargo jets. Yeah, um, all the teams' cars. Richard went over this in detail with us uh, at one point in time uh, last year. We talked about it. They but they the cars are largely disassembled and they're put in shipping crates and they go on cargo planes. Uh, but then the teams all you know have to bring their gear. Yeah. 
and they, I think they have to have everything in there and everything's got to go through customs. And so it all goes wow. through at once. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's I mean, crazy. It, they've got it down to a science, but that's, you know, yes. and, and then you figure once they've got it all in Miami, right. So then they've got yep. to pack it up to Canada. So I don't know if they transfer it to trailers then or what, you know, I'm not exactly hmm. sure how all that works, but uh, they've been doing it long enough. They know what they're doing. So, but We've been doing the show long enough that we're out of time tonight. So oh, uh, I know we could talk about Taylor Swift all night. So yeah, no, <laughs> we, don't, we, don't need, we don't need to. If it's not Alonso, if it's that Matty Healy guy, then I don't care. <laughs> Louise, I want to thank you tonight. Lee, I want to thank you tonight. I want to thank our producer, Keith Hayes, who always makes us look good and Sinister One Productions. I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network, Facebook Live, YouTube podcast apple podcast spotify and iHeartRadio. but most of all i want to thank you folks that listen to us and or watch us every week we'll be back in a week and we'll tell you how things went at miami and in kansas city until then good night thanks for watching draft in the circuits make sure to follow draft in the circuits on facebook spotify twitter and youtube Trapped in the Circuits is a co-Sinister One production.